This is AgriPulse Open Mic. I'm your host, Jeff Galley. Our guest this week is Kansas U.S. Senator Pat Roberts, the distinguished chair of the Senate Committee on Agriculture, Nutrition, and Forestry. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by Syngenta, products and services designed to help a farmer's return on investment. AgriPulse Open Mic continues with Chairman Pat Roberts next. Commodity prices remain under pressure. That's why now, more than ever, farmers are focused on their return on investment. More and more, they depend on Syngenta products and services designed to increase their ROI. See the Syngenta seed innovations made for ROI. This is AgriPulse Open Mic. Recognizing what he describes as a rough patch for U.S. farmers and ranchers, Kansas Senator Pat Roberts understands the urgency to write a new farm bill. Roberts says the president's actions on trade are making a difficult situation even more challenging. The president is just um, absolutely determined uh, to use tariffs uh, with regards to what he hopes will be a better and uh, more fair trade agreement uh, across the board, whether it be NAFTA or whether it be an individual uh, trade with any country. I think it's a very dangerous road we're taking. Uh, obviously, uh, in terms of uh, retaliation, this is aimed at China. We've already seen what happened with washing machines and solar panels, for goodness sakes. The very day uh, that the president was talking about uh, this whole situation uh, was the day that the sorghum producers in Kansas were in my office uh, right next door here. And uh, they had no idea that this was going to come down the pike and that then the Chinese would start an inspection, if you will, to appeal to the WTO. The price of, of sorghum just, well, the bottom fell out. So they were sitting in my office watching uh, a situation where we had one crop, sorghum, and, of course, that's in Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas, Nebraska, all the way up North Dakota, and Arkansas as well. And we saw that price drop uh, precipitously. And it just shows you what that kind of an action can do when number one on the list in terms of retaliation is farm country. Now we've had we've had every commodity group I can imagine in my office sitting in that table over there, and also uh, in the ag hearing room. Uh, Three hundred from Texas, over a hundred from Kansas. We have corn growers, we have wheat growers, we especially have the soybean growers who really are worried that China will single them out just at a time when that uh, market for soybeans to China is expanding. So we uh, we had Bob Lighthizer in the Finance Committee, and I asked him a lot of uh, questions about just how much damage he feels that uh, in, in the ag sector that we can stand here in this experiment. Ray Starling of the White House and... Um, uh, also, Bob Lighthizer said, look, uh, we understand that agriculture could be uh, singled out, and if so, why uh, there ought to be a way of doing something on an executive basis with the Secretary of Agriculture to ameliorate that. What that is, I'm not quite sure. So here we are trying to write a farm bill, and we have this big dust-up mm-hmm. with tariffs. It's just most unfortunate. I don't think that this is the way we should be going. We have yet to see any kind of a major grain sale, uh, or for that matter, any kind of effort on a trade deal, whether it be the former members of the TPP or anybody else that should be trading. We had Taiwan sitting right there where you're sitting. 
saying that this would really harm their sovereignty with regards to what China does to them and if we in turn put uh, sanctions or a tariff on, uh, on Taiwan. And that goes for a lot of different countries that have been our allies. So that's a question. Uh, I just, I just, don't, I, I think we're doing, you know, we're going at this in a way that uh, really represents a danger to agriculture. And the irony of it is, we are experiencing economic growth uh, minus the stock market here in the last couple of days, uh, but I think that'll come back. Uh, and we could do so much damage in farm country that it could. Uh, really eat at whatever economic recovery we're having. That'd be a paradox of enormous irony that we pass a tax bill, we see economic recovery, and then we have a trade policy that works in a very counterproductive way. The only real advantage that we may have is that China has a tremendous demand for food and they need soybeans. But our disadvantage is that there may be a surplus from Brazil, and as they have done through this year, they continue to buy. But if the U.S. soybean farmer suffers even minor loss, the commodity impact for that crop and across rural America is immense on top of a 53% drop we've seen over the past few months. Well, China has 1.4 billion people, and we had peanuts going to uh, China. We obviously have soybeans going to China. We had sorghum going to China, all growing markets. Every one of them, if uh, China sees fit, to make an announcement that they are going to inspect unfair subsidies or whatever they want to allege as a result of the tariff imposed by the Trump administration, that, that's bad news for us, and especially right before Farm Bill. Uh, we got reference prices in the PLC program, we got the ARC program, and we got crop insurance. Those are, that's the three-legged stool that we have for farmers in their toolbox to uh, face these in certain times. And uh, that really tears at that. So. Um, and we have a very limited, you know, budget authority. We get our baseline April 9. We'll know where we are on that. But uh, we didn't need this dust up right now. Is there anything immediately that farmers could expect for Washington to do? Because you're talking about income replacement in a town that's long on ideas and short on money. <laughs> well, you've described this pretty well, Jeff. Uh, I think um, there is authority that we uh we will restore in the current farm bill, and there wasn't 214 as well in the farm bill. It gives the secretary some authority to take a look at something if something is singled out. Ray Starling of the White House said they're going to take a look uh, with retaliation on uh, any product in farm country. Uh, what he means by that, I'm not quite sure. And then when I talked with Bob Lighthizer, he's not sure. He says, look, that's not my lane, but I know the realm in which it is, and we ought to be taking a look at any action that, uh, you know, might be helpful. That would probably uh, end up in Sonny Purdue's lap, and uh, he, would, uh, he would have to determine what would be appropriate. At the time of our conversation, there is some consternation in the House Ag Committee. Let's leave that to the House and talk about your committee. Uh, this is an election year, and the calendar is, uh, is pretty sparse as we look at the second half of the year. What urgency is there to get this bill to the table and get it done? Well, I, I'm, I'm not sure about urgency. We're not in a race with the House. Uh, we have done our due diligence. The first thing we did is sit on the wagon tongue with as many farmers, ranchers, and growers uh, that we could in many different states and uh, also hearings here in Washington. So we listened. Uh, this is a time for 
stability and uh, predictability. Uh, this is not a time for a revolutionary new farm bill. Uh, this is not where we were back in uh, uh, 214. Uh, we at that time at the, at the Dodge City elevator was seven bucks. It was over seven dollars. Now it's about four. And so, and we're dry. We're going through another dry, drought. We've got prairie fires, for goodness sakes. I don't know what we did to Mother Nature, but she sure isn't doing, uh, she isn't helping us much. And, um, and low prices, the third year of low prices. So we're in a bad patch right now. We're in a rough patch. It's essential that we get a farm bill out. Absolutely essential. But we're doing it step by step like we've done. Uh, and by we, I mean Senator Stabenow and myself, uh, Senator Stabenow from Michigan. And, uh, we know we have to get 60 votes. Mm-hmm. So we've got to come up. We have draft language and we're sharing it right now. Mm-hmm. I just had a meeting with uh, Senator Stabenow, and so we know we're, we're going to have some work to do to uh, put together a farm bill to try to uh, keep everybody together. I call it the Ag Posse. I say, look, I'll ride point, but you better be behind me and uh, saddle up and ride. So that's what we're going to have to do. And we either have to you know, hang together or we'll hang separately. You know, there is a speculation that suggests the minority side of the aisle might want to drag their feet just a little bit. But in any regard of whoever's in the lead, if there's not such a sound majority, you're going to have to compromise with the opposite side of the aisle. Well, you have to compromise anyway. If you're going to get a farm bill passed in the Senate, it has to be bipartisan. And so some of the things that the House may or may not do, and that's under Mike Conaway and uh, and his ranking member, and uh, I, you know, they're going to handle the farm bill in the way that they deem appropriate. I did that when I was chairman in the House way back in 96. We did our work under Freedom of Farm, and then we came to the Senate, and then we had to change some things. And uh, I think that'll be about the same way. Uh, I'm not getting from the minority any inkling that they want to hold back. Uh, we did that last time. It took us three years past Farm Bill. That was terrible, absolutely terrible. We, uh, we just didn't do what was responsible. Uh, we did it in one morning uh, back at that particular time, and then we had about a week of preparation, and then I think it took us three days. And we think I handled 63 amendments. We won most of them. Uh, so, we, you know, we've done this before. We know what the sticking points are going to be. We know we have to work them out. So we're going to do exactly that. You approved a farm bill in 2014, and you one-upped what was asked in terms of budget savings. You don't get to count those forward into the 18 bill now, do you? Uh, no. Uh, we've already given, we've already made deposits in the bank, especially crop insurance. But uh, no, that doesn't that doesn't go forward. Unfortunately, we'll know here in April 9 uh, what our baseline is, and then we're going to try to move very quickly after that. With regard to policy, uh, I know Senator Ernst of Iowa is not interested in any more land going into the Conservation Reserve Program, saying simply the CRP competes with her young farmers and others who would like to have land to be able to produce it. And then you talk to Senator Thune, a ranking member of the House, Mr. Peterson, who would who would like to maybe change the program and, and, and get more acres, and it appears that CRP is going to show up. CRP will show up. It's expensive. John Thune and I have talked to great length. I've talked to every member on the Republican side and then even on the Democrat side, I've talked about three or four. And um, we've got a pretty good idea of where people are. 
I know Joni has a point that people always raise that if you take too much uh, CRP uh, ground out of production in a, a county seat area where uh, it automatically just uh, it causes a lot of problems for that local economy. On the other side of it, uh, I think the good part of Thune's bill, uh, he has a way of making permanent the opportunity to farmers uh, where they're experiencing tough times uh, to hay and graze on the CRP. And it's sort of a, a permanent solution to this that you don't have to ask every year or every other year. Uh, and that makes a lot of sense to me. But again, you've got to listen to everybody concerned, and there are an awful lot of people that, uh, you know, have some concerns about the CRP program. But it's expensive to expand it. And the, and the reason I say that is anything that we do, if it isn't mandatory spending, and I think there are 39 asks already by, by you know, individual members, and we're going to try to address those things, but how do you pay for it? And if you pay for it, you've got to take money away from, you know, somewhere else. And in many cases, we just can't do that. So probably the appetite is greater than what we have on the table. Thinking of the 14 bill, you came up with a Title I that had both revenue and price, ARC and PLC. I would have to believe with the way that revenue has dropped over the past several months that PLC is going to be a lot more popular. How important to find the sweet spot with that PLC price for commodities so that you are providing assistance, but you're also not providing an incentive. Right now in Kansas, it's about 75-25 in favor of the ARC program, but that was when prices were high. Mm-hmm. And you're exactly right, Jeff. You're a good forecaster in regards to what I think is going to happen and what most of the economists will tell you is that during this period, we'll have a lot more people interested in PLC. Uh, we've had a lot of commodity groups coming in here about the reference price and uh, saying, hey, wait, you know, wait a minute, we need a little help here. Well, th- that's very costly, and uh, so we'll have to... Uh, take a hard look at that. But I think you're right. I think a lot more farmers will go into the PLC program. So then thinking further into the policy, the other thing that farmers asked for, and I recall the House Ag hearing that they held at the Farm Progress Show in Decatur, and one farmer stood up and said, don't screw it up. Uh, So looking looking at the crop insurance program now, there are those who would like to change it, put a means test on it, take away some of the harvest price option, change the program. Is now the time to change the crop insurance program? No, and we're not going to do that, period. The Jeff Flakes of the world are not going away. And when it comes to the floor, will you have a harder time defending that program again? Well, Senator Flake is retiring, so he will go away. But um, Senator Flake has always been a critic of crop insurance. There are others that join him. Uh, there's probably four or five or six. Anytime you go to the floor, you will have self-declared instant secretaries of agriculture who feel that they have the reform that really fits agriculture and achieve budget savings. The one issue that we heard over and over again, every section of the country, any commodity, anything, uh, all the livestock folks, everybody, uh, don't mess with crop insurance. That's the most important tool in the toolbox for farmers to manage risk. Uh, it's a good program. Can we make efficiencies? Yeah. But we are not going to go down and, you know, take hammer and tongs to the crop insurance program. They may try that, but uh, they will not be successful. There are a lot of asks in this legislation, and one of those is for help with foot and mouth disease. 
some assistance to be ready in case uh, the tragedy does occur? Are we able to see a, a way forward to have that vaccine bank ready to go? Yeah, that's pretty expensive. I would say that uh, if anybody's interested in that, why yours truly is, I was allowed into a secret city in Russia following um, the breakup of the Soviet Union in a city called Obolinsk, and that's where they were trying to weaponize a lot of pathogens. Uh, that, I tell you what, when uh, we were through with that, uh, Dick Luger, uh, this is part of the non-Luger program when that was still in effect. You look at a whole uh, laboratory made up of the best scientists in the world that they could get trying to weaponize pathogens to take out a country's food supply. That's agriterrorism. Uh, we have a uh, facility at Kansas State University called InBAF uh, to do this job and to do it well. And uh, we have a lot of people, too, in the uh, private business community who are extremely interested in that, all of our land-grant schools as well. But it's expensive. We're not there yet, but uh, we may have to be. We went through an exercise where I, I played the role of being president. There wasn't, there wasn't anybody else in town. And... Uh, so what we have, uh, what we experienced was uh, an attack on our country with uh, um, hoof and mouth disease. Uh, Jeff, all of our exports stopped, all of them. Food fi- uh, people finally figured out food doesn't come from grocery stores, and we had a panic. And it takes you several years to get back at least to the level where you can begin to rebuild your uh, livestock herds. So it's uh, it's a real worry. The CIA will tell you that that is not on their radar list of what keeps them up at night. When I was chairman of the Intelligence Committee, we were able to convince them that it was so easy to do that they put it in the top ten. It needs to be in the top ten, and we need to do it. One step further for you before we close. Uh, there appears to be a decision, however imminent it may be, from the White House, and possible changes to the renewable fuel standard, maybe capping RENs maybe a, a reed vapor pressure waiver to allow us to sell E15. Uh, there's a lot of proposals on the table. How important is that decision, and is this a decision better made by Congress? Well, we'll sure have a hand in it if they um, if they go down the wrong road. Uh, I don't think we need a cap on RENs, and uh, I'm not sure about the vaporizing thing. I've thought for some time it could go up to 15, but... Uh, Let's see what the administration does with that. Uh, I know we had a big uh, brouhaha where one senator put a hold on uh, Bill Northey, who uh, is now on board with us down at the Department of Agriculture, and he's in charge of farm programs. He'll do a great job. So um, I've been a big RFS supporter, and I think most of the committee stands right there uh, with us. You've allowed me to ask you questions. You get the last word. Well, the last word is that a farmer would never put the seed in the ground if he didn't think he'd have a crop. And we are going through a rough patch. And we have a trade policy that's mighty hard to understand. But I would tell everybody out there to persevere. The Senate Agriculture Committee knows the problems that we are experiencing. We know that we're in a rough patch. We know we have to work together to get 60 votes, and I hope we get 70 or 80 uh, for a farm bill. We do that. I think we can convince our House members to get a bill. Uh, We're working hard to do that. And so uh, have faith, uh, persevere, I'll ride point, and if they can ride with me, you know, we'll get the job done. 
Our thanks to Kansas U.S. Senator Pat Roberts, our guest this week on Open Mic. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by Syngenta, products and services designed to help a farmer's return on investment. For AgriPulse, I'm Jeff Dowling.